Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 186 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We're a podcast of science and comedy and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Gregoire. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I'm going to teach you how to make a baby, baby. And in space, no one can hear me. Suck your blood. And then it's going to be a gas. But before we get to there, what happened to you this week in science? I had a bit of a thought. I was thinking to myself about the number of humans on planet Earth. And there's, oh, there's got to be 40 at least. At least. There's, there's getting close to 7.9 billion people. That that's was, much more than 40. That's much more than 40. There's like 7.9 billion humans. And I was honestly thinking to myself... Exactly? Yes, we congratulations everyone. Pop. 7.9 billion human beings. That's how it all starts. Pop. That's... Yeah. And I thought to myself... How are there so many humans on planet Earth? Not why. Normally it's uh, why. How? Well, yeah, how? Yeah, well, pop. <laughs> that seems like a lot of humans. And most of history, there are not that many humans. And we've, in the podcast in the past, we pointed out that there aren't more humans alive today than they've ever been before. Like there have been a lot more humans. There have been yeah. many, many, many more billions. There are many more dead humans yes, than there are alive humans. That's right. Yes. But still, there's a lot of humans alive today. How many humans do you think there'd be? In the past, if we didn't have the agricultural revolution, so when we went from yeah, agriculture was a big thing. That was, was like, and that was like five thousand BC or so in that era. That yes, area. So he went oh. from we went from hunter, even maybe before hunter gatherers to yams and farming and stuff. Yes, I'm going to take a guess at about a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. That's okay. That's pretty cool. Because because that's, that's what because agriculture made everything so much easier. Yes. No, I mean not initially. Initially, everything went wrong. But then. <laughs> It got much better. What do you base that on? Hang on, that's an interesting thought. Why do you say it made everything not uh, everything went wrong? Oh, because we messed up our, ma- our, our all of our gut biome, and people got real sick, and oh, we, the, and people su- like people survived longer, but they weren't happier. Oh, but <laughs> now we've evolved. That's to a different sort of deal with. Sort that's of a different thing. I don't know. You can push back on a lot of that. Maybe maybe we'll you be, told me this on yeah, a prior episode. But, but as in, there, we but it wasn't because it, there was a change in food, but also it was because you get more dense. You put lots of animals in a dense place, the diseases start running between them as we've all noticed with this yeah. pandemic yeah. it does happen so yes i see what you're saying but also I don't want to we didn't evolve to deal with farmed food and a farm oh lifestyle. i see yeah this was the first instance of the hu- human beings messing up their evolutionary I path see. yes that's true and then later on that led yeah. to things like lactose Although, intolerance on the plus side agriculture was the instigation of the patriarchy so it wasn't before, all bad then. Before that, oh, wait. before that, women yeah. were the yeah. were the most important part yeah. of uh, humans, uh. and for hundreds of thousands of years, mm. finally, mm. finally, men get their their little shake of a stick. Mm. This tiny little Ooh, period oh. of of five thousand years, seven thousand, seven thousand years. <laughs> And and suddenly the women are like, oh, no, 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 you've had your turn. You've had your turn, ladies. Hundreds of thousands of years. We just want to go for a couple of thousand, like, you 100,000 more. We just want to go for 10,000 years. Okay, right, good. We're doing a good job so far, though. All right. So how many humans would we have without agriculture is my, was my thought process. So I started doing some research. Yep. I had to find out this information. And thank goodness because of the internet, lots of people have done this thought process before. Thank God. So I found lots of really cool information. So humans, when they were hunter-gatherers, you'd get about one, on fertile land, you'd get about one human per square, so 26 square kilometers. So that's great. And, and that's in fertile land and in really in fertile places like Australian outback, it's yeah. like one person per 250 square kilometers in wow. that area. So when you start doing agriculture, though, you can really, 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 really incredibly uh, boost that up. But we're not talking agriculture. So we're talking how many people. So if you look at the amount of fertile land uh, yeah. that things grow and there are animals doing their thing and yet a number of humans. Woo, pop. Yep. Uh, Woopop, then we're going to get about 37% of the earth right now has that sort of land that we can sort of live on and do our little things on. 30% of the earth on the earth. Uh, 30% of the earth of the earth. The land of the earth, earth is not earth. Uh, and yes, right. And this is, this is, <gasps> the, we should be called water. We, we've come up to a cool thing. Or well, Chad's, Chad 9. Which, well, it's, yeah, we've, Chad, no, first, it was the first one we discovered. No, 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 no. Oh, they did, we didn't. We've done this before. Yeah, we've done this before. But, but it was the it was the ninth 
It took us a long time to realize that this was also a planet. Yes, so true, true. Yes, it, that's right. That found was, a bunch of other ones. Yeah, and this was Chad Nine. That, okay, cool. Wasn't they found? No, no, no. It wasn't Chad Nine. That's not doesn't make sense because we should go back and check our own notes. But no one could see Uranus or Neptune or Pluto. That came much later. Chad Five. Chad Chad Five. Ah, look, it's in there. And the moon. I'm also sure uh, some of our more diligent listeners yes. have already looked this up. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, listeners. All right. So here's the point: How many humans can exist if you look at the Amount of arable land. Well, uh, if it's 30, 40, I am going to give myself a pat on the back. 37% of the land is arable, but they're saying that we've destroyed a lot of it because of the way we live our lives, where we do agriculture, where we have cities, blah, blah, blah. It's assumed that about 50% of the world would be suitable for human habitation, not counting Antarctica. So we take out Antarctica. It's garbage. It's just a big, big garbage place. But uh, now, five, <laughs> we're doing our best job to increase the warmth. Again, about 500 million square kilometers of land that we would consider fertile. And that means if you do a mass, 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 on average, we get about 10 million people. That's all right. 10 million people. So you go, okay, cool. That's, we'd have 10 million hunter gatherers before you'd have boom and bust cycles where you get too many and they die out and too many die out, but it would, it would come back to roughly 10 million right across the world. If we lived hunter gatherer lifestyle, seems idyllic, but you know, hunter gatherer. That's, that's 10, one in a million girls. Well, no, five, one in a million girls. Well, stop limiting your options, Dan, is my first point, And that really opens up everything for you. So do we want more humans or not? Well, boom, bust cycle. Wee pop. And yeah. Boom, bust. There's a joke there about booming on your bust, and I don't want to make it. I think I just did. Oh, God, oh, no. it's so good. Oh, it's, oh. That's such an amazing joke. <laughs> I feel gross. I feel really sick about saying that. I finally feel complete. <laughs> Okay, so 10 million people. Pop. <laughs> pop. So 10 million people. But does that mean that then with, if we add agriculture, does that take us to 7.9 billion? That's because that was, I thought, oh my well, good. Well, the answer is 10 million. End of yeah. story. It's week of science. I had a little thought went, oh, hang on. Is, well, you got 10 million. Did agriculture take us from 10 to 7.9 billion? That seems like a bit of a jump. Like that's a hell of a, maybe it's true. Maybe it's agriculture. Maybe it's not. So I did a bit more research. Well, you've also got a, you've also got medicine. <gasps> Yeah, that's right. So science and medicine and but and you can't if you can't if you can't sustain your ten million people even if they're in the p- perfect health because mm. they're, they're starved to death. Mm. You could be very healthy and starved to death. <laughs> I'm not sure you can. I think starving to death means you're not healthy. But but you're not diseased. Oh, I you're see. just hungry. You're just you're just hungry. You're just Got hungry. It. There are diseases from hunger. I know what you mean. Though. So okay. with no medicine, yep. could you also sustain the seven point nine billion people? just might take longer to get there. Yes. I, I guess in my thought process, it's if in this world we have all our technology, but we're not, we're not agriculturalists, we're hunter-gatherers, which is, of course, ridiculous because we wouldn't have the world we live in oh, without so it. Technology could allow us to hunt more effectively. There is that too. Assault uh, weapons. Uh, yeah, but that means you, but that's the boom bust cycle. That's the boom bust because then you're killing all the animals and then you, your people can't survive anymore. Oh, yeah. You can't, you're not farming. You can't farm animals either. No, no farming, no agriculture. No, 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 no. It's just find the animals, eat the animals, find yams in the ground, eat them and then wait for it all to Does grow it back. Does it count itself. as farming if you encourage the animals? Like just you, you, you play like Tom Jones at them. Yes, that's farming. That's the animal ah. husbandry. That's animal husbandry. Fudge. Yeah. All no, right. It's like, so it's, okay. it's, it's literally, what are we going to do tonight after we finish Hades, as some of us like to do? Then we're going to go out, we're going to kill a deer that we saw outside, and we're going to stitch it up, and we're going to make clothes out of it and eat it. That's what we're doing. So by adding agriculture, do we get to 7.9 billion people? And I did more research, and the answer is uh, probably not, which surprised me. So if you look at, when you start looking at agriculture, and you start looking at all the arable agricultural yeah. land and how they started to get, you know, in all the, in all the sort of crescenty kind of places around the world, all the fertile areas that uh-huh. people started, if you start looking at the population densities they got to, it's still not even close to the population density if you spread it around the planet Earth of 7.9 billion humans. It's higher, but it's not high enough. So does this mean that we need that we need extra tech to get to where we are? Well, uh, well you, and is you, that the nitrogen thing? You've dropped, you've dropped, you've jumped ahead. Let me just get the number out. They, the, what I've researched is when you add agriculture and you start doing just decent, just normal everyday agriculture, you get about fifty million people. That's so tiny. That's some ten to fifty. Exactly right. It's not seven point nine billion. So how do we get to seven point nine billion? And you've kind of hit it on the head before when you mentioned nitrogen. So it's things like insecticides. It's ah. things like herbicides, artificial fertilizers. I mean. 
artificial fertilizers, people fishing podcasts are probably too young and pretty. In the 1970s, there was the Green Revolution when they started using a lot more pesticides and herbicides and things like that and, and genetical engineering certain crops. DDT! And the population went from 3 point something billion up to, and up to now at 7.9. We don't remember, because uh, we're probably too young, but this was something people were worried about. With We don't know if people... They said... there was. I can find you reports that said hu- there's not enough larable land on the planet Earth to feed 6 billion human beings. And now we're at 7.9. Now, some of those people are hungry, and but it, they don't have to be. That's a political problem, economics issue, not a farming issue. Yeah. So that's a different thing for a different time. So, yeah, so thing, And then it's things like animal breeding. We talk about animal like, it's not unusual to have fun with anyone. Ooh. Yeah. Swish pop. Uh, animal breeding factory Moo farms. Moo pop. Moo pop, sorry. Moo pop. Moo pop. Moo pop. Gonna watch my artist drop. Do pop pop. Moo pop. Moo, 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 moo. So we've drained swamps and we've irrigated deserts. We've done amazing things on planet Earth. Amazing or hateful, whatever. So even that wouldn't increase it though. That increases it by many, 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 many millions. Yeah. But not to 7.9 billion. So what's the missing piece of the puzzle? Economic systems. Yeah. Transport infrastructure. And keeping things cold is another big one. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So, so, so we have enough food, but we need to get it to people. We have now worry about um, food miles or food kilometres. But it's ama- if you think about it, if you're not worried about planet Earth, which you probably should be, you can, you can now put everything into a plane and fly it through the sky in an under 24 hours, have fresh whatever. I mean, how often, honestly, do you have seasonal vegetables now? In, if you live in the first world, you can go, you can get all sorts of crazy food. Stone fruit at Christmas time. It's just nuts. Yeah, like it's crazy. Get, like we only get plums at Christmas time. You can, don't, they don't seem, I haven't cracked keeping plums on ice for six months. I bet they could though, it just cost far too much and the economics yeah. don't make, but here it is. So we would have about 10 million without agriculture. We'd have about 50 million with agriculture. 50 to 200 million, let's just say that. Yep. And then we have 7.9 due to the ludicrously complicated global system of infrastructure and transport and food tech. It's mm. mind-blowing how where our food comes from and how we keep it safe and how we throw it around the world. But the fact that happen? so many people, I know people are hungry and we're not doing it badly. The fact that more people aren't hungry on planet Earth due to inequality of food now, after doing this research, shocks me. We could do it a lot better, but good Lord, it's insanely good the way we handle this problem. Yay, capitalism? So I, <laughs> I guess it's really important that our supply chains are really robust and can deal with some sort of impediment to them. This has been a big thing. Since the, the, was it the Evergreen went sideways in the Suez Canal, back remember those halcyon days of the comedy? The big boat. The big boat. And that, and they, and that knocked out our... Like, put everything back for days, one one boat going sideways. And we were like, oof. And there was a feeling of, wow, our supply chain is a bit shakier than we thought. And, of course, the pandemic. And then, of course, now there's this little kerfuffle called the Russian-Ukraine spat, whatever, you know, that horrific war crime that's going over there. And I wasn't going to bring that up particularly, but but hold on to your hats on that one, because guess who makes all the goddamn grain on the planet, mainly? Ukraine and Russia. What? That's where... I'm just pointing out, people, just to... Just a, I was having a fun thing about agriculture, but but like I, I'm going to guess in the ballpark of 60% of all grain of wheat, sorry, is grown in in those two countries. And guess who are fighting and not farming and having a grand old time? Yeah, uh, guess who's going to suffer from that? Not you and I. We're fat white people who can eat other things. I have to spend a lot more on my groceries. Your sourdough will go. That's here's the the, 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 the food that I can afford to buy. Your grocery bill will go from 10% to 12%. But if you're in Somalia or in Ethiopia, which is already 40%, it's going to go to 70%. And then you're boned. And then you have to pick which kid dies. Anyway, fun times. Yes, the supply chain is a friggin' marvel when it works. And it's only worked as well as it had because we've globalized and we've actually started working together. And it's really, really, really scary when someone decides to shit the bed and decide they want to play globally anymore. And it makes everyone, you go, but we're all friends. We've been working together for decades. And they're like, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore. And you go, oh, no. Let's all yeah. be friends. Oh, but, but we're all sharing the same feet, and now you're shooting us yeah, in them. <laughs> There's the problem. But yes, so when you look around and there's too many goddamn people, I'm going to point out it's a goddamn miracle that there's a goddamn that many goddamn people that they should all be dead. Not, I don't want them to die. I'm just saying it's, 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 I walked, after I researched this, I walked around honestly going, everyone should just go grab a food technologist and thank them. And, 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 cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, Listener, sexy listener, I'm talking about you. You wouldn't exist, sexy listener. You'd be, um, statistically, you're the one who won't exist. 
statistically, you're the one. I'm sorry, it's you. So, yeah. This took Not me down, us. This, oh, no, God, the world needs me. How was your week in science? Well, we recently had a flooding event here in Brisbane. I'm not sure you heard. <laughs> and there was an enormous amount of runoff went into the rivers and then into the sea. Mm. Now, I returned from a Pacific island that week, <laughs> as is my want. As I'm is my want. <laughs> and you could see a distinct line in the ocean Ooh. as you flew over. Mm. It was like deep, deep blue. And then suddenly there was an interface where it switched to a muddy green. Mm. The muddy green got muddier and muddier until you got to the coast. Mm. We're now six weeks later and the sea is still churned up and muddy, but it's slowly returning to normal. Yeah. Well, that silt, all that, all that runoff from the land, all the, all the dirt and topsoil and. <gasps> well, that mud isn't just silt and soil. There's Ooh. all sorts of stuff in there. Oh, nothing. All good stuff. Heavy metals, mm. detergents, mm. some of my precious belongings. <laughs> Other stuff being flushed into the bay is fertiliser <laughs> mm. and manure. Oh. Now, that stuff can make stuff grow. Mm. And one thing that's growing is algae. Mm, good. There has been an algal growth event in Moreton Bay that has resulted in an amazing occurrence, Gregoire. Mm. A- amazing good or amazing... Oh, look, comments that hit the earth. How amazing. It depends on what species you are. <laughs> well, I know, I'm, I know the one I'm pretending to be. Is that what we're talking about here? So the frog princess and I went down for a look and lo and behold, there was bioluminescent algae sparkling in the waves. Lovely. It was quite subtle and a bit tricky to see in the light of the pier, but when a wave crashed, you could see it light up brilliant blue for Mm. a moment. Once you knew what to look for and your eyes adjusted, you could see the bay twinkling with white caps. Cyanobacteria use bioluminescence to scare away predators that would eat them and to lure in predators that would eat their predators. (laughs) Now, this generally indicates that the oxygen in the water is being used up. Mm. So I look forward to next week's red tide where an enormous amount of sea life gets deposited on the beach, which is magical in itself. But less sparkly magical mm. and more blood magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do these terrible cycles. Nature is, is cruel. Something and- terrible can be pretty and yeah. something pretty can be terrible. Mm. I learned from that mistake. All right, Gregoire. Mm-hmm. Do you know how babies are made? Uh, we pop. Oh, I can I can elaborate oh, on that. I don't, I don't need to know more than that. Oh, well, I'm going to force it on oh, you. Oh, God. <laughs> well, when a daddy loves a mummy very much, mm-hmm. they have a very special snuggle, mm-hmm. and the daddy puts his penis uh. in the mummy's vagina. Uh. His penis is covered with small keratinized spines, uh. which resemble spikes, and those stop the penis from slipping. Mm. When they are removed, those spines stimulate the mummy's ovulation and this releases several eggs. Over the course of between one and four days, the mummy will have a special snuggle with several other daddies. (laughs) Eventually, when she has her babies, each baby can have a different father and it's only limited by the amount of eggs the mummy releases. In theory, if the mummy releases seven eggs and has special snuggles with seven daddies, (laughs) each baby can have a different father. Mm. These daddies can be strangers or family friends or the mummy's siblings. This does sound like your family tree. Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit too far. I'm sorry. Once the babies are born, they can suckle on any one of the mummy's several nipples. The mummy can have anywhere between four and ten nipples. This number is genetically decided and can be, in rare instances, an odd number. Okay. You might be wondering why I've taken such an interest in cat biology, <laughs> Gregoire. Oh, God. Oh, God, cats. Oh, God. I've oh been living God. with Girl Clumsy for the past two months. <laughs> she is the self-professed mother of kittens. Mm-hmm, true. And although she is mother of kittens in name only, this mm. can be easily discerned by the fact that she has a disappointingly small count of only two nipples. <laughs> <laughs> You've checked. <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to notice on these cold mornings when she wakes in those light pyjama shirts. Oh, God. So the process of being able to fertilise eggs using sperm from many fathers is brand new information to me. Mm. It's a process called heteropaternal superfundication. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's when you got more TV shows on Netflix about, like, male cops. 
no, 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 that's no, not it. No. Uh, this is common in cats and dogs. It's possible in human what? beings. What? In fact, a study published on Cambridge University Press suggests that one in 40 sets of non-identical twins have multiple fathers. Dun, dun, dun. And this makes sense if you think about it. Mm. Sperm lasts for up to 48 hours once it's been deployed. <coughs> so if you've got multiple eggs, there's no reason those mm. eggs can't be fertilised by whatever sperm mm. are on the playing field. Mm. 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 That's that's insane and scary and awful, the whole concept of cats, and that just freaks me out. But we even in the podcast talked about the percentage of people whose parents, whose paternal parent wasn't the uh, person that they thought it was, and it was kind of high. It was, it was when we said it back then, it, the re- report, I think, said like 7% or something like that, but I think later on there was a retraction of that and saying that was that was a miss. That, well, the, the it's study, closer to 80. <laughs> the, the study was, was a, wasn't considered as accurate as they thought, but still... It was quite a high number of people who didn't parent. But this is different. They're saying twins. Twins. Non, obviously non-identical twins. So basically it's siblings. Just, just siblings. Fraternal that, twins. Yes. It's siblings that came out at the same time, basically. Yes. Could actually have two different dads. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Just like a kitty cat. Nice. There are more twins being born. I've talked this before. Everyone knows about my fear of twins. You only have to be scared of half of them. Well, that's right. One of them's a monster. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. That's all you have to say. The Dankula. Thank oh, you. For, Lord. Thank you for coming to the Vampiric Global Council. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I was glad I could uh, arrive on such short notice. As the representative from Brisbane, Australia, as the Lord Vampire hidden in plain sight, we are glad you can join us. Right. Yes, that's me. The Lord Vampire hidden in plain sight. <laughs> this is an important question that we must have. And we know that you like to dabble in what the humans call the sciences. <laughs> yes. Yes. I see myself as a keen amateur. Good, good. We are uh, we are slightly out of uh, touch with the sciences. Uh, we like magic, uh, mm. blood. Because you would have come from some Romanian pro- province. Uh, yes, yeah, somewhere. Historical area. Yes, yes. Now my accent has, has floated slightly because I've travelled quite a bit. In, so in many parts of you float slightly. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I, like, I like how you make jokes. Uh, most people I would have killed. But you're one of us, so I will not have you killed. Yes, you're wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled not to be killed. Good. Now, with which your... is ultimately why I got into this in the first place. Yes, yeah, so the perks of being a vampire are you will not be killed. Well, we will kill you. We could kill you. We oh, have... I understand. Yes, but, but we don't. You there, will not just die. There are now more obstacles to it. That's like the right. stake and the yes, crossroads yes, yes, and yes, the but, silver. But, not, and the but now you can sunlight. You and... can now not just get diabetes and die and get gangrene or die. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah Even yeah. hit by a truck, you probably yeah, not die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, or, or shot and yeah. it's silver, of yeah. course. Well, that's werewolves. So I don't know. Is it werewolves? I'm not sure. Hang on, we should probably look that up. But it's. I mean, I do miss having erections but, and blood flow oh yes yeah, yes but so. but but there, there are many ways of making love you make love the the dan dankula the the um the, the sexiest organ of the human body is the mind and that's also for vampires i suppose now we've got very off track here though i wasn't here to talk about your weird love life dankula now dankula uh, we, I brought you here because there is a big, and the other, the other vampires who are being very, very. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to regret asking to be called Dankula, mm-hmm. uh, like changing my name to a vampire name, because I didn't realise just how strongly people were going to hit the dank part of that. Oh yes, but I thought that was quite good. I quite like calling you Dankula because okay. it's okay. dank. You are, and also means you, you could like dab. I heard the kids like to dab now. I've heard and so you could be uh, doing some dank memes and. I, we don't know what that means, uh, but uh, I said I'm out of time. Can you ask me your question? Well, of course. And, and the other council of the vampires were very quiet behind me, but allowing me to speak. So, you know, you are surrounded by your, your kin. Mm. And I, I look and think, and I feel so restful being good, surrounded good. by my kin. No, and of course. Yes, yes. It's a, a predator. An alpha predator always feels very happy surrounded by a hundred of other alpha predators who are actually older than you and therefore more powerful than you, as is the vampire way. But we're not here to hurt you. I don't, don't worry about that. I'm, I'm not here to. I'm surprised you even needed to say it out loud. I just, but you seem very nervous about it. You were one of the. I wasn't of, when I walked in. No. <laughs> we, we find things. We like jokes here. 
What I'm worried about, Dankula, is uh, is the the humans, our our the prey, the the cattle, and and we let them we let them grow. I heard some of my best friends are human. Uh, I used to be a human. Uh, well, yes, yes. Well, we were all once human, but you you have friends. Look, I'm not going to talk about your weird. You're modern. You hang out with humans. That's fine. To me, that's like having sex with dog. But it's fine. Look, you you do that. That's you do you. Or, or do them. I I've heard it's a Swiss pop or something now. Swiss Swiss pop. I've heard a very handsome human, or at least similar of a human, talk about how many humans there are. He's very handsome, man. Yeah, you may have known I don't him. think that's going to take off. Oh. I've heard that too, but I, I think that's, that's going to be as, about as successful as on fleek. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. So the humans, the cattle, there, there's 7.9 billion of them, I, I've heard. I've listened to this podcast, and they, 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 they mentioned it, that 7.9 of them, and there's a lot of them. I'm not familiar with this podcast that you're talking about. <laughs> and we're never going to get to the end of this f***ing bit if you don't stop just for a moment. Thank you. So, hey, look, I'm not in control of this. You're in control <laughs> oh, of this. Oh, goddamn. So 7.9 billion humans, and they are cattle, and that is good. We keep them around. We don't like when they war. We do not like when they fight each other. We'd, we'd like them to stay calm and, and, and maybe add some extra fat to their blood supply so it gives them a bit of an extra kick. I mean, oh, so like Wagyu humans. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. They're well marbled. Yes. Fill them full of chestnuts yeah, yes, yes, red wine. That's not what we're talking about here, though. That's what we're saying. We, like, we don't mind. We like them to calm down and just, you know, get to making more humans. Well. But they have this... Have this obsession now. They have this obsession with leaving the planet. They want to go to other worlds. And to begin with, I was like, yes, yes, humans, go to other worlds, make more humans, and then I could go visit them on the Mars or the Jupiter or the other places they go. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all oh, for this. And He's then, busy. and then I discovered something, Dankula, something that has made us very, very nervous. Ooh. Can, can I have a guess? Oh, please. What that might be? Oh, please, Dankula, tell her. Yes, yes. It's always daytime in space. Holy shit, I hadn't even thought of that. That wasn't even... Holy crap, really? It's daylight in space. Like, you can't... It's dark, isn't it? Dark in space. I've watched the movies and it's dark. It's only nighttime when there's a planet between you and the sun. Holy crap, it wasn't even what I was going to bring up. Okay, someone write Someone write that down. That seems like an important note. We'll get back on that one. Holy crap. Most of the solar system... Yes? ...is in sun, direct sunlight. Jesus Christ, I have to that's my mouth. That's why it's I, called that. I just said the word, I'm not allowed to say. That's, okay, that's quite upsetting. But no, no, that's not why I've come to okay. talk about it. That's not it at all. That's holy hell. Why didn't you tell me that? What do you mean you didn't know that? You, that that's why we have thank you. Thank you. Why didn't you tell me? You just did tell me. Thank you. Anyway, moving on. Not why I was worried about this, but I was, what I was going to bring up is... The so there's something more important. Maybe not. But, like, okay. but let me, let me, uh, let me finish. We've discovered that uh, they have a NASA, NASA. They have this, they have this NASA thing, and yeah, spacey. They go to space the, and they the, do stuff. The National Aerospace Association. Sure, that, that that sounds like National Aeronautical Space of America or Association. I am a vampire. I do not know these things. National airplanes suck ass. That sounds not likely. For I think that's right. I don't think they're like we got rockets. Yeah, airplanes suck ass. Look, we we bow to your superior modern knowledge. I'm the guy with the space knowledge you here. I'm starting to regret quite quite strongly. Anyway, the point of this is, Dan, they send up their humans in these cans and they, they have a little adventures and they come back down. And human. And they end up with a little spam. It's red. pretty Just, exciting. Dan, Caleb, stop now. Stop. Let me let me finish. They go to the moon and they... Oh, that'll never happen. Your insolence is noted, Dan, Caleb. The instance is noted. They've gone to the moon in their little little spaceships. They've 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 travelled all around and sending little ships all over the place. Yeah. And we've discovered something very upsetting, Dankula. I can't wait to hear it. Their blood, Dankula. Their blood is dying. What? The blood is dying of the astronauts. These, these space humans. But they just make more, right? That's what we thought. They they send it. So what happens? They get space anemia. That's what they're calling it, space anemia. The red blood cells are dying when they go into space. Oh, no. That's uh, Yes, yes, now you see the problem. None of the sunlight rubbish. That we can put a shade up. We can What's a, the mechanism? But that, that's, that's a damn good question. So, the, so the, to begin, we thought it was a short-term thing of weightlessness or some sort of rubbish like that. The hemoglobin, it, it dies and it just won't, won't develop That's the space. best globin. I know, it's the, it's the globin that I like. I'm, I go Roman for that globin and I cannot get it. And it's just very upsetting. So, at least 
into this anemia so their body won't make it. And we don't really know why yet. That's the problem. All we know is that they, they go into space and then they, their hemoglobin dies. The red blood cells die. And then they're like 50%. They can lose like a lot of their hemoglobin in a short period of time. So they're just filled with plasma and white blood cells. It's, it's quite it's quite terrifying. And also the other thing which doesn't upset me that much is is their bones. They piss out their own bones. But I don't care. They're just a sack then. Like a, a fun snack to eat. That's fine. I don't oh, like a juice box. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that doesn't matter. That seems to upset them. But that, I don't care for that. Anyway. So they lose their blood and they come back down. So, well, that's fine. They go to space and then they come back down yep. and their blood comes back. And that's fine. Great. But no it, problem. It doesn't, Dankula. What? It, it doesn't. The blood level stays low, Dankula. It stays really low. And they, and they, for months afterwards, they check their blood and they find it's really terrible. Sort of up to, up to like six months later, their hemoglobin is low. Oh my God. Like drinking light beer. I know. And who the hell? Only serial killers and lunatics do that. So yes, 50 feels like a shot across my bow. 54% red, red blood cell loss in space. So on Earth, you lose... They must be out of breath all the time. Uh, yes, yes. They get oxygen they, to I, themselves. Look, I, I'm assuming they need oxygen. I don't know. I'm a vampire. We, we don't worry about things like breathing in and out, except if it's like on a young lady's neck and you're trying to seduce them into coming over to the, your side of the fence to be eaten. Boy, just force them. We're no, already monsters. No, no, no. We don't do that. Also, just force them. No, no. Just, we just eat them like cattle. Stop it. Stop it. We, we, we're, 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 we're honourable monsters who only invite certain people. Right. Good lord. So it seems that in space, being weightless, your body, their bodies, not our bodies, not my body, but their body has our a, bodies are already weightless. Well, if we want them to. We, be. we can just look. I'm floating right now. Is that yeah. what I'd like to do? Floating around like a. Anyway. Their bodies think to say, well, I don't need bones, I'll piss them out. I don't need blood cells because they don't need as much. They're not exerting themselves as harsh. And so therefore they don't get out of breath because they're not trying to push against the gravity, Dankula. Ah. And then their body goes, fuck it. And they'll make no more. There's a lot of, a lot of effort making blood cells. It's probably. true. Well, 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 you're telling me I have to go out every night and like find someone and that's not like coke. Ma- making them, making them not. Hunting them down. Oh, right. Yes. Well, I think hunting is much, hunting is much harder than uh, gathering and that, or making like, like agriculture. I think we are, but that's why there's far fewer. There's only 10 million vampires compared to 7.9 billion, which I've heard is a thing. Anyway, Dan, the point of this I is. I feel like we're mixing the streams here. <laughs> so I'm very worried, Dan, because there's no answer at this time. All we know is weightlessness seems to destroy human blood cells and hemoglobin, and they have space anemia. And if they keep going into space, pissing their bones and destroying their blood, what should we do, Dan, killer? Do you have any ideas what we can do? Yes. Yes. So, mm. if, the, if the theory is that they're not making as much blood because they're not under as much pressure... Yes, stress, Dan, blood, Yes. We... All we need is only one of the astronauts actually needs to be a vampire. Put the fear of God into them. Ah, no, metaphorically. Ah, don't put the, uh, Not literally. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Fear mm. of anti-God into ah, them. Ah, yes, yes. And then their heart rates stay <clears throat> nice and high. And then they, their bodies still need that oxygen. So we put for one, escape. We put one vampire on every space station from now on, yeah. and we just go bleh, and then we raise their memory, and then we go bleh, and we go mmm, and their hearts go beat, beat, beat. Yeah, you ever seen Event Horizon? No. We need to turn the ISS into Event Horizon. That's That sounds like... Oh, that's the one about the engine that goes through hell or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the dinosaur man. I've got one right here. It's, a, it's fantastic. I'll open it up. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I was filling up my car with fuel the other day, and I noticed that the fuel Bowser nozzle had a coil on it. Coil? A coil that ran around the outside of the, the nozzle, mm. the very tip of the nozzle. And I was wondering what the coil is for. So I did a bit of a deep dive on Bowser's. Bowser's. Do, 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 Different Bowser. Different Bowser. In a different castle? So you open up the shield on the car, twist off the cap to reveal the fuel port. Then you take the spout, insert it into the port. Already there's some pretty neat tech kicking in. So what do you need to have fire, Gregoire? You need oxygen. Oxygen and, and, a, and a, something to burn, fuel and and an ignition source. So, petrol or gasoline? Gasoline does burn. Good. No wait. No, it doesn't. Let me start again. <laughs> petrol mm-hmm. or gasoline mm-hmm. does not burn. Oh, really? But the gas that it evaporates oh, into right. does burn. Oh, right. Now this is a bit like saying a candle doesn't burn, but the gases above it do, oh. and is needlessly pedantic. <laughs> 
So you've got the fuel. Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean if you keep fuel under a lot of pressure, it won't burn? Correct. Oh, okay. Hadn't thought of that before. Even if you have oxygen next to it, you wouldn't be able to ignite it as long as it can't vaporize. Yeah. So it can't get it. It'd have to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. Interesting. That Which means, I wonder if you could blow candles up if you took them up the <laughs> Himalayas. Very low, very low pressure. Like it turns into vapor faster. <laughs> Experiment for the podcast. Yeah. Turn money away. <laughs> All right. So you've got the fuel. It's the very volatile gas. You've got the oxygen, mm. unless you're refueling your car in a vacuum. Mm. And if you have an ignition point, you end up with a fire. Yay! This is something you don't want at a petrol pump. Boo! So, you don't want a lit match around. Mm-hmm. You don't want a flint. Mm-hmm. Flints work by striking flint against steel. The spark is created when certain metal gets struck hard enough to either heat a tiny fragment of metal to a combustible temperature mm. or to expose the firephoric shard to oxygen, which would then ignite. Firephoric shard? Yeah. Sounds like something that like a wizard would use. They probably you would. me the firephoric shard? Now, yes, the- Gandalf. The metal on the fuel nozzle is made out of an alloy that doesn't make a spark when struck under normal scenarios. I suspect you could force it to spark if you were really eager and had the right equipment. Mm, mm. Another thing you don't want is static. Mm. Static electricity is a spark that occurs when the electrical charge of one object is higher than another. An arc is created to balance these forces. Now, this tends not to be a problem. The metal on the nozzle and the metal in the cradle are both static dispersive. I have watched too many YouTube videos because, you know, that's you find these things for people accidentally lighting themselves on fire or at a bowser with static electricity. So now I'm very careful when I get out of the car. Most of you do it anyway. When you get, make sure I'm holding, I make sure I'm holding onto the door when I step out of the car. So it's, it'll earth through the car. So that's, that's my safety mechanism. Right. Well, you probably don't need that. Oh, good. Phew. So <laughs> you touch the nozzle to the car. Yeah. And the, the charge equalizes. Ooh. There should not be a static spark at this point. Uh, electrostatic dissipative materials oh. create a controlled environment in which static electricity can easily be grounded and neutralized. Mm. The car can build up a static charge while it travels. Mm. Sometimes you can see cars have a trailing wire underneath that grounds the car. Really? Yeah, you'll see underneath the car there'll be a I've little, never... there'll be a little thing flapping really? around. And it looks like something's fallen off the car and it's flapping around, but that's it's, it's supposed it's to be wire. there. Oh. Yeah, it's a little earthing wire. If not, when you exit the vehicle, uh, exiting the vehicle can ground the car. Mm, mm. In you cold- put your literally a foot on the ground and then you hold it onto the yeah. car and you get out. Okay, cool. In colder environments, some people get a little shock when they step out of the car. Mm-hmm. But when you grab the handle on the machine, everything is pretty much grounded at that point. You could touch the car just before you put the nozzle in if you want to be extra careful. Mm. But you finish filling, and at some point the flow stops with a click. Mm-hmm. The nozzle detects when the fuel level has reached the nozzle. Mm. The way that it does this is pretty neat. The fuel travels down the hose and hits the handle where the hose gets thinner. Mm-hmm. This mm. creates a high pressure on one side. Increasing flow. When the hose gets thicker again, this creates a low-pressure area. This is called the Venturi effect. This low-pressure area sucks up air from a tiny hole near the end of the nozzle. Yes, I've seen that. It's like a little channel. Like, yep. It's kind of like in a saw when you have, like to stop it so it gets stuck in your opponent's body. You put a little blood channel. So same thing, but it's the air. Yep. Mm. And the suction is created by the fuel coming uh, through the thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So this sucks so up air from a tiny hole. The fuel spills out the end. The air gets sucked in, filling a little pouch in the handle. The air cycles through and goes back into the fuel stream. Eventually, the fuel in your car fills up and submerges the tiny little hole. This changes the pressure and the little pouch collapses. When the pouch collapses, it's designed to shut off the handle. Oh, wow. That's how that works. So the fuel it's huh. fuel flowing itself provides the mechanism to turn to the, sh- to to shut the thing off. off. So it can't be fast. Now, I've noticed that makes a lot of sense because I know sometimes when you're filling up, it goes click and stop, but you can continue doing it afterwards. And I'm assuming it's because it's splashed up into and blocked the end. Splashed entrance. up and blocked it. Yeah, but it's not actually full yet. You're, like, you're pretty close, but you're like, I can still. Especially in Australia. Maybe it's an Australian thing, but it's a matter of going... I have four million kilometers to drive today. I may not get to. I, that could be the difference between life and death. Fifty extra kilometers. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's a Greg thing. Yes, maybe. <laughs> As in, not overfilling the car, but but definitely filling it higher than the first click. Yeah. 
Well, it depends on how, what the price of petrol is. If, <laughs> if, if the petrol is really expensive, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Mm. But then if it's like su- suspiciously low price, mm. I'm like, I'm going to milk as much out of this as possible. <laughs> Get an extra 200 so you, mils. So you're doing it for, for capitalist reasons. I'm doing it because I'm worried about dying in a desert somewhere. Yeah, good. I did. We, we wonder. I did read in a survivalist handbook. Your car should never be below half full mm. because mm. you need to be able to get mm. out of Dodge yeah. at a drop of a hat. Mm. But if you're constantly driving a car around with so, all this extra fuel, mm. then that costs extra fuel. It does, yeah. There's a, if you want to be environmentally friendly, yeah. you should fill the car like six litres and then drive to the next service station. <laughs> fill it up again, six litres, drive to the next service station. Depending on how far off the trail the other the next service station is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you're that worried about, yeah, there's that. a balancing act to be done. Absolutely, there. good math. Some really nice calculus there to work that out. Yeah, flow in, flow out, and weights and masses. Oh, exciting stuff. There's, a, there's an afternoon to, the, for you to waste. Listeners, get onto that. Where's, what is the? Oh, God. Listeners, get onto that immediately. Do some good calculus and work out what's the optimal amount of fuel in your car <laughs> to uh, go the distance you want to go, but also not waste and not damage the environment to the maximum effect. Yeah, just in fact, just do a bunch of busy work for us, listeners. Okay, at this point, your petrol filling adventure has come to a close. Return the handle to the cradle, put the cap back on, close the little door, you're good to go. So, what's the coil do? Oh yeah, it's a coil, it's some coil. Nothing. <laughs> Not in Australia. Oh. Not in Australia, at okay, least, okay. where our wretched government has us under its health and safety yoke. Okay. But in America, Gregoire. Well, they don't care about the citizens at all. You could die in a ditch. No, they and do they, care about oh, their they do. citizens. Oh, they do? They want their citizens to have freedom, Greg. Oh. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Oi. Freedom forever. <laughs> don't. And they don't have to stand around like idiots holding the gas nozzle. No. Oh. They could start pumping and a little click means they don't have to Good. keep holding it. Yeah. If they let it go, it will continue pumping. Giving them time to wave a flag and fire guns in the air. Yep. They That's... can, they can, they can use that period of between 40 and 120 seconds oh to exert their freedom. Yeah. They can eat a cheeseburger. Mm. They can check their firearm. <laughs> then the mechanism will detect it's full <laughs> and they can finish the process same as us. Mm. If they don't move, then this is generally fine. But if they get back into their car, mm. they can build up a static charge pretty quickly mm. on the car upholstery. Mm-mm. If their shoes don't allow them to ground, Mm-mm. they continue to hold this charge. Yep. In some instances, they have returned to the nozzle. Huge volumes of fuel vapour are pluming out of the tank, mixing with the oxygen in the atmosphere. They move closer and closer to the handle. They don't ground themselves first mm. on the device, on the on the, the big the petrol pump. Yes. The and Bowser. then a static charge jumps from them to the car. This ignites the fuel mix and a fire breaks out, as is their God-given right. That's what I've seen, Dan. The coil is there so that when they let go of the handle and walk away, it doesn't slip out backwards. It's just a rough surface for traction. Right. It just blocks the hole. So uh, it doesn't block the hole, but it has it creates a little lip. Right. So okay. that ah. it, it, as the fuel's coming out, if there's any energy pushing back on that Bowser, it clips. It went through and then the petrol pouring. It's not a smooth like surface that goes swoosh. Yeah. It's like this rough surface. Oh. With a bunch of like fairly strong bits of wire okay. on the bottom. Yeah. Without it, the force of the fuel may push it out backwards and onto the ground, and then you're in all sorts of more and trouble. And there's fuel, and then yeah, that's firearms explode as well because bullets are dangerous, and yeah, you're having a bad day. But as you die, you know you died as one of the most free people on planet Earth. Yeah, free of everything, including skin. Skin. No skin. Freedom forever. Freedom. Welcome to the Walk of Shame, where you, the listener, check us on our mistakes and help us all grow as people. I'm very sad because you seem very excited and we're standing there looking at each other and I don't have anything to share with you, but you seem excited, so therefore you must have something to share with me. I got heaps of stuff. Oh, God damn it. Heaps of stuff. Damn, damn son of a monkey. But it's not all for you. Yay. Okay, so, Tom Siri. Her Dr. Hurley Walker referred to Father Ted as that British show. Well, yeah. You then corrected her yep. 
and stated that Father Ted was definitely not British and that our oh. Irish listeners would be getting angry. Oh, yes, yes. Well, Tom is our favourite Irish listener. Yes. And he points out that Father Ted, the show, yes. is made by the BBC, which makes it a British show in the same way that Life on Mars is a British show, despite the fact that it predominantly takes place on Mars, I assume. <laughs> oh, okay. Tom well- continues... <laughs> It is set in Ireland, yes. contains many accurate, though comically exaggerated, depictions of Irish eccentricities, mm-hmm. and despite ending 24 years ago, is still beloved by an enormous Irish fan base. Mm. He then goes on to condemn the creator in a manner that calls out the age-old argument about yeah. separating artists and art. Absolutely, yes, yes. I love the show. I, I'm not terribly fussed with the creator of the show now. That's true. Yeah. But still, I can still love other tape, I think. Yes, damn it. Sorry to put you on the spot. I'm being very brave now. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Scott Driscoll is one of our most passionate Star Trek fans. He was in the room just before. He was in the room not two minutes ago, and he's missing out on this. He heard you say Mm. the replicators in Star Trek Mm. simply create what they do out of energy. Mm. This is not the case. They convert matter into energy for the replicator reserves. Thus, they don't need to create the object by sucking power from the engines so much as they take just basic matter and store it. So is there a whole lot of crap somewhere that gets turned into stuff? Well, I imagine it's crap that gets turned into the reserves, the energy reserves for the replicator. Do they get poop into the... Like, all their poop go there and then that gets turned into their food? I 100% believe that that must be the case. Well, it's not like if a crew member dies and they just rep turn back into... Because it's just just matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put your number two in there. You put your number one in there. Oh, my God, no! (laughs) Who's running the ship? Okay. (laughs) Andy Trousdale said, Greg asserts that Krakatoa mm. caused the year without summer in mm. 1883. Thought, yes. Although Krakatoa was big and undoubtedly had some impact on the climate, mm. the year without summer was in 1816, oh. 67 years prior to the explosion. Maybe, Greg, you're asserting that the explosion of Krakatoa was so large that it tore a rip in the fabric of space-time. Uh, okay, I, I'm getting my, I'm getting the... Your mount ex- mountain explosion. Yes, yes it yeah. was the Mount Tambora eruption. Tambora, yes! Okay, that's... Okay. It's got the name Drum in its own yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay, look, I'll wear that one. Mount- I'm happy to, Yes, yes. Yes, the, All right. the Mount Tambora eruption in 1815 that led to the year without summer... The following year, this is the largest recorded eruption mm. in human history, although bigger ones have certainly occurred. Mm. Estimates put it at around 800 megatons, which makes it approximately 14 times bigger mm. than the Tsar Bomba nuclear blast Lordy. Greg mentioned. Oof. It was so big, it blew nearly 1.5 kilometres off the top of the mountain. The caldera mm. is quite visible on Google Maps. Jeez. That's, and, and, you, and there are some big suckers that are ready to go around the planet. Yellowstone National Park. Andy also says that. Greg also says that. (laughs) All humans have hair and indeed all mammals. Mm. There is a medical condition called alopecia universalis. (laughs) And those who have it have no bodily hair whatsoever, regardless of gender. Andy also points out that whales and dolphins don't have hair, though this isn't quite true. In fact, they have hair on their heads while in the womb. Mm. There is also the baleen whale. Mm -hmm. Wikipedia says that these animals have a sieve-like structure in the upper jaw made of keratin, Mm. which they use to filter plankton from the water. Mm. Cetacean needed. It's not quite hair, but it is basically hair. It's keratin, yeah. Sure. Even the unofficial mascot of the podcast, Mm. the naked mole rat, has whiskers for navigating in the dark. Mm -hmm. I could not find any mammals that were completely hairless except for immune system or alopecia-related reasons. Mm. Keep the name of my species out of your mouth. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I thought the three were going with it. No. I thought you said alopecia. I, th- I honestly thought you were going to reach Chris and slap me. I really was like, oh no, am I about to get, I, I know you wouldn't actually hit me, but I thought you would, I thought you're, that's where this was going. No, no, I, I, no, not at all. Oh, good. You've, uh, you've, you've, in fact, I, I dissociate myself from that joke. <laughs> I, I actually stepped back slightly when you made alopecia. I was like, if I kind of giggled, I was like, oh, this is going to go wrong at the end. That was just in my head. Good. 
So you have a number of walks to take. I, look, I, I, they were good ones too. I, if you hear Greg make a mistake in the podcast, please just send an email to dan at smartenough.org. Hopefully the email is back to working. <laughs> and uh, good Lord, people, surely Dan must make mistakes. I've not had one for a long time. I, I check spam, I check everywhere. So when Dan invariably makes a mistake, you need to send it to greg at smartenough.org. Come on, send it in. Come on, you can do it. I believe in you. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org. Get along to smartenough.org where you can engage with the community by commenting on the episode. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And people in there and people like to answer it. Yeah, thank you for people who write there. Of course, you can go on Twitter and chat to us at, at SE2KB as well. That's probably a good place to find us. And we're also on Instagram for fun pictures of the episode. Thumbnails. Very exciting. And there's a bunch of other buttons on the website as well. You can, you can click them. Just go to the website and have a nice time. Press the, just, oh, it's so like pretend it's the old world, the old internet, where you go to a website and interact with it rather than just engaging with like the four big ones. Why don't we have page counters anymore, Dan? Why don't we have like a page counter that clicks over? We, it's hidden. Because it's really embarrassing when people oh. come and it's like 609 and oh. you're like, oh, I'm not very popular. Oh, that's sad. No, those are, those page counters are ego, little, a little ego widget. Absolutely. That's exactly what yeah. I want. Now, if you want to support the podcast, please do share it with as many people as possible. If you want to support us financially, there are options to do that as well. You yeah. can buy a shirt, you can drop some money into our tip jar, or you can become a patron. Mm-hmm. If you pay $5 US a month, mm-hmm. Then we will read your name out on the podcast. If you, but if you pay two dollars, we won't. But you can still support us. Yeah, you can still support us yeah, if you only pay two dollars or yeah. one dollar, one dollar, yeah. or like six cents yeah. or sixty nine cents. Damn, or four twenty cents. That's the thing that people seem to talk about now. Grown adults. Well, not anymore. It? Like that's it's four days ago when we we're recording this. Yeah, true. But still, you, it's funny. Ha ha. Send us four twenty cents. It's not funny. Don't do it. Please send. But sixty nine cents. Yeah, sixty nine dollars. Okay. So. A big thank you to these pe- these <laughs> these members of the Comedy Blimp crew. Absolutely. Britta Rogowski, Andrew Whitehurst, Gronya Maguire, Matt Ewers, Andrew Potts, A.V. Greenbury, Elizabeth Yunkin, Ilana Mitchell, Matthew Toy, Christopher Ravel, Lindsay Jenkinson, Ivan, and Phil Holland. Woo-hoo. Thank you all so much. Thank you. We love you very much. Hopefully I got everyone there. If, if I didn't, it's because of just... Yeah, your house got flows. T- typos. And uh, and if, if you didn't, he'll just say it twice. Okay. Time. Now, if you give us $15 US mm. a month... US! You become the top tier member and I have to insult you. Yeah, that's a thing. That you know do. how this works. Mm. So, me, 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 me. I wrote these under the assumption that we were recording on Easter Sunday. Uh, but that didn't happen. Mm. But I'm not going to rewrite them. Right. So, these are Easter themed. <laughs> Tom Siri. You are like the Easter Bunny, in that here in Australia, you are considered a pest. (laughs) Steve Stewart, you are like hidden eggs on a Sunday morning, fragile and hollow. (laughs) Steve Eichenhout, you are like a hot cross bun, in that you are disappointing to children. (laughs) It's not icing, it's just more dough. It's a bullshit treat, it's the worst bun ever. Mm. I agree. Sean Seifkin, you are like a kinder egg at Easter time, in that you too need to be recalled due to a horrible lurking surprise. <laughs> Look, that's a nice, uh, uh, newsworthy. Topical. Topical, topical. that's the one. Ooh, that's a topical one. Ooh, oh no. <laughs> and Mikhail Kidar, you are like the Lord Almighty Jesus Christ. Huh. Forsaken. <laughs> And a big thank you to our cottontails hopping down our bunny trails. Eric Wilson, yeah. Modern O'Hare, yeah. Michael Barnes, Al Batson, and Scott Driscoll. If you're in Brisbane, Australia, or wish to travel there to see a play, our play, Speed the Movie the Play, is coming back to the Brisbane Comedy Festival. So you could do that. It's very successful <laughs> it, and very popular. It's and it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And Greg and I wrote it all by ourselves. <laughs> That's not true. Also written by Girl Tomsey. From the Inferior Raven On Podcast. <laughs> so mean. Too mean? Or just mean enough? <laughs> and as we always like to say, <laughs> I hate the land so much I glow!
I was so excited to finally get my cetacean needed joke into the podcast. I, I tweeted that a couple of years ago and had it as my my pinned tweet, even though no one cared. It had no traction, but I love it. I love that joke. I try not to vandalize Wikipedia too much these days. <laughs> What's become of us? I have the sneaking suspicion that someone put a smart enough no better entry on there and it was removed. But it wasn't us. Like we, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. We, 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 we have too much pride to yeah. make our own Wikipedia yeah, yeah. entry. You're not meant to, yeah. But our listeners don't. <laughs> our listeners don't. <laughs> I know, I won't say the name of the person, but I know someone who made their own page and you can tell, you're not meant to make your own page anyway. Uh, you're not meant to write your own stuff on Wikipedia. But is that a, is that a rule somewhere? I, I, yeah, I, I think it is. You know, well, happily walk ashamed. You're the person who's got all the information. Yeah, well, I don't. But but then and someone else can come in and fix it. Yes, but you're you're not meant to. You're not meant to write how great you are. Is it Spencer Hausen? I no, bet it's Spencer no, Hausen from our second very second episode. No, no Spencer Hausen from no, the radio. It is not. No, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. Gonna, it's he not, seems the type though. <laughs> I don't think you're meant to write your own Wikipedia. But I was, don't think that's a rule. But well, we have to look it up. But I thought it was. And but when I read someone's page, I was like, "Oh my god, this is very much written by you." It's so obviously it's getting. I'm the I'm this this person did this amazing thing that everyone was very happy about. Amazed, I was like, "Calm the farm slightly." It just felt a bit sort of. Is this someone from Brisbane Theatre? No, I'm not going to say where it's from, and uh, and the answer is no. But also, I'm not going to say where it's from. So we're not playing. We're not playing twenty questions of who the f are you. We're not doing it. We're getting in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's from your work. No, I'm not saying that either. So yeah, not, I, and and no, it's not actually. It's not that either. But anyway, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. So it's not my work. It's not prison theatre, and it wasn't the other one you said. Um, whatever that was. Oh, it's not Spencer Housen. There you go. It's totally Spencer Housen. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel there's a, a nerve mm. in my foot that's attached to like the my little pinky toe and the one next to it, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's going numb. Like it's it's oh, like okay. I can feel it turning on and off when yeah. I do this. Yeah, and I this toe up in the the last couple of days of 1999 <laughs> at the Woodford Folk Festival, <laughs> where I said I've got these boots. Yeah, I'm only taking these boots. I'm going to wear them in if it kills me. And the boots didn't wear in, but yep. my feet wore out. Oh, you know what I've been listening to, which you'll be angry about? Dear Hank and John. Started listening to their... I can't believe you left that in the in the, the, the notes of me having a go at the, the green, at John Green again. I thought it was funny. Oh, it is, but... I thought it was funny. I'm just going to end up in trouble again. <laughs> That's no, no, right. People really go to the wall for that guy. They, they, well, they're nice people. So that's why. That's the yeah, thing. But you're doing it for the comic. The joke wouldn't work if they that's, weren't nice people. There's the comic effect. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's, it's okay. It's, and I just go, oh, it's just, it's just Dan. It's just Dan. It's fine. It's just that Dan guy. So, yes, you're listening to their... Yeah, it's, it's, it's just them talking. They get letters from listeners asking for advice and they just give bad, even say we give bad advice that you shouldn't follow. But it's, they're very listenable because they are very, they obviously like each other a lot and they enjoy themselves. And so, yeah, it's just, but it's that simple. And, um, and then they had Roman Mars from the 99% Invisible. And I was like, how do we get on that? How do we get, one of us get on there? Especially you, Dan, you should get on there. Hey, John. <laughs> and Beeson. <laughs> oh, look who it is. <laughs> John. Look, it came crawling back on their <laughs> knees when they wanted something. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a bit of fun, Mr. Green. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought that was you. No. <laughs> no that's, that was, that's him. I thought you were taking a high status. <laughs> like, I really thought you were going to balls your way through that one. <laughs> like, oh, that's a big move. No, it's against one of the... No, oh, no. Oh, so one of Internet's I majesties. Don't, I, don't think John Green, I think John Green would be like, oh, Dan, I've heard... You. No, he'd be I a heard, prick about no, it. No, he wouldn't. He'd be he'd lovely. He'd be a prick about he'd it. He'd be so lovely. He'd be like, I just, I've heard we have a problem, but, but, but I just want to hear your beef. And you, you'd give your beef, and you'd go, I hear that. I'll take it on board, and I think there's something I can learn from that. And you'd go, son of a... And you'd hate him even more, and everyone would go, oh, we will learn something today. Hey, f- Stain, he'd say. I've never wanted anyone to die of cancer until now. He, he wrote a book about that. He killed, I know. He killed kids with cancer in a book. That's a thought crime. That's the same as killing kids. Yeah. I, mean, I think I just did your joke. That's what you took. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 my brain went, wait, I, 
Yeah, that's your joke. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're coming into this pool with me. That's a mistake. <laughs> Gregoire. Mm. I'm so glad we're, in, we're here in person. We, we haven't actually mentioned that. We haven't that. mentioned no, that. We're no. in the same room the same for room. the first time. We're recording in the same room for the first time in yes. probably yes. two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. The last time I was in your house, I don't know when that was, I came for a visit and we recorded. But that was a while. That was more than two Christmases ago. Yeah. yeah. That was a while ago. And now we're in an airport hangar, also known <laughs> as Girl Clumsy's living room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gregoire. Mm. Is it, in fact, you're right. Her house is nothing but shiny, bright surfaces that with hard angles. Yeah. It's all very modern, so therefore nothing soft. There's no, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the, not, not the most oh, ideal no. place to record. Do you, mean, do you mean our podcast is going to have the quality of Raven On? Oh, no. I, I think I can do a little bit of post-processing <laughs> that can... Yeah, yeah. Also, it doesn't have... Girl clumsy and no, it's just still and it's yeah. got us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's got it's strange, but the talent they bring in. Okay. <laughs>